Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani, and good Lord Almighty, folks, do we have a very special episode live and in person from the homeland, Rockford, Illinois. My brother, Nicholas Osen, is right alongside me in the basement following an absolute thriller of a Game 7 and the Boston Celtics are on their way to the NBA Finals. Nick, how you doing, my brother? Doing very well. You know, it's great to be back on the podcast, back in person, and we just watched what was a pretty incredible Game 7, especially late, the Eastern Conference Finals. Nick, you genuinely could not have me more juiced up at this moment in time because we are just four days away from the NBA Finals, and the house was absolutely rocking down in Miami tonight. But the home team went down with a horrendous taste in its mouth. And we are on to Celtics Warriors. And I genuinely could not be more excited for what's to come this week. So folks, thank you for tuning in. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick, we are coming off of Game 7 between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat. And I think that we both came into this game anticipating a hard-fought victory from whoever came out on top. And we also came into it with the mindset that Boston was going to come away with the W because they have overcome a great deal of adversity in these playoffs, battling back and forth between the Milwaukee Bucks. They're up 3-2 in the series against Miami, and they blow one on Friday night. And they knew exactly what they needed to do on the road in Game 7 to get the job done and get over the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2008. Yeah, it's something that, you know, a lot of the national media has kind of alluded to, even, you know, the Celtics head coach, Ime Udoka, you know, really making the point of, sure, the Celtics, they beat some great teams to get to the finals now, and, you know, they have kind of dealt with some adversity, or maybe when you figured they'd be out, they, you know, they get through it, but as he stated, and and as you kind of see, even in the end of this game, it's like they create these issues for themselves and they don't necessarily respond, clean things up and execute as quickly and as early as they can. But, you know, what I feel is is kind of a team of, I don't use this often, but what feels like a team of destiny, a team that has overachieved a lot of the season. It feels like they've got all the right pieces necessary to really make something special happen. I know we'll get more into, you know, kind of the actual finals series shortly, but just the way it felt like every time Miami answered this evening, Boston came right back. Tatum, we saw his stats late. Jalen Brown, you know, they they kind of made these quiet points and, and moves and actions within the game to kind of keep Miami at bay. I thought Marcus Smart was enormous, especially from three, uh, early second half, and you know, it was impressive. Your your heart goes out to the Miami fans for a loss like that, and it, 
goes down to really anyone that took the over in this game as well. Yes, Nick, you're absolutely right on that final point. A lot of people are left with a hole in their chest tonight because if you're a gambler, 196.5 points was the total and exactly 196 were scored. My heart goes out to all of you that took that opportunity and had it stripped from you in the final seconds of tonight's contest. But Nick... You could not have said it better about this Boston team. They had this series in the bag five games in. They knew what they needed to do on Friday, and they squandered it. The same thing very well could have happened tonight. And for folks that did not watch the game, Boston came out firing. They were up by 15 points in the first quarter. It looked like they were going to run away with it. And Miami, at home, Jimmy Butler, plays with the most heart of anyone in the NBA right now, would not go down without a fight. He had 24 points in the first half, nearly half of the team's points through first two quarters. And he carried it all the way through the game. People do not recognize. Sure, he ended up with 35 points. But that is a man that did not leave the floor through 48 minutes. He did not take a break. And I will say, I went into this game, I predicted it, that Boston would come away with the win. I predicted a five-point win. It ended up being four. And what I did say about Miami was that Jimmy would go for 30-plus and not have a lot of help on offense, but I was wrong about that second part. Bam out of bio, 25 points. Kyle Lowry, a quiet 15, terrible at the free throw line. Jimmy Buckets, that was his shortcoming tonight, not hitting his free throws. It was a game seven for the ages, low scoring as it has been all throughout this series. And this fourth quarter, albeit low scoring, Miami chipped away at that lead, chipped away at that lead. And my man, Jimmy Buckets, I've loved him since he came into the league and was with my Chicago Bulls, he took a very controversial three-pointer with less than 20 seconds left in the game. And, Nick, I want to know your take on it because he could have blown by Al Horford and tied up the game 98-98 with the potential to send it into OT. I personally believe he is a dog and knows exactly what he's doing on the floor at all times. But... On the other side of things, he did not leave the floor, and his mind could have escaped him at that point, not recognizing the magnitude of that shot if it did not go in. And ultimately, he did miss it, and it cost them a chance at the NBA Finals. Yeah, and and I think for good reason that shot is going to be a major talking point. Obviously, Jimmy was... You know, potentially the best player in the series. He certainly had, you know, kind of the highest ceiling in multiple games. And obviously we were watching together, you know, with some family. And we all kind of looked at each other and and thought, why did he take that? And I don't disagree with my initial reaction. However, now that I've kind of stepped back, thought about how good he is, how well he has played, and the moment, knowing how big of a competitor he is, 
and seeing, yeah, he probably could have driven, and there weren't really anyone, any teammates to rebound there. But he was feeling it, man. And there's a competitive spirit that you can't really attach a, you know, kind of a, a number and an analysis to. So I think I disagree with it, but I, I don't think it was a bad shot at all. I understand it. I don't blame Jimmy. And, you know, Miami still had a couple more chances, I believe. Would have been a little tougher down four after that. But to still kind of make something happen. So I felt like as much as the Celtics kind of tried to give it away and you know nearly did I mean if that shot goes in they're down one and they very well probably lose this game or at least there's a good shot based on their lack of offensive execution I don't blame Butler I think that the better team won and you know now I think we're gonna get what could be a pretty memorable NBA finals Nick I absolutely love that transition and I could not agree with you more we're talking about two storied franchises and yes i will say the golden state warriors are storied just based off of what they've done in the last decade with some of the greatest players that have ever walked this earth in clay thompson and stephen curry thursday night is game one it's going to be in golden state in the bay championship pedigree between three players on that roster Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and a man named Draymond Green. Those guys have three championships together. They know exactly what to do when it comes to the NBA Finals. They have the best coach in the NBA on their sideline. And they have some absolute dogs in their supporting cast. Jordan Poole has come into his own this year. I personally believe he should have been far more in the consideration of most improved player or sixth man of the year he's certainly shown his worth in these playoffs and i know i touched on steph and clay but those are two of the greatest shooters to ever play the game of basketball and they have been on this stage before whereas boston is young we talk about jason tatum in his early 20s jalen brown in his mid-20s marcus smart absolute monster on both ends of the floor as we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals. But really no one on this Boston team has been to this level. And I think it's one of those scenarios where Golden State is so experienced and so poised on the big stage that I do think they come away with a series victory and another championship banner being raised. But I am confident where I could say it can go six or seven games because, as you mentioned, Nick, Boston is reaching that team of destiny territory. So I think that, you know, Golden State has a clear advantage in, you know, really three major ways. I think that overall, when healthy, and, you know, there's been reports that GP2, Gary Payton, you know, the second is going to be playing and just some of the depth. I think the Warriors have more depth. They will have been more well-rested. And, of course, the championship pedigree. However, since the series doesn't start until Thursday and a lot of Boston's main, you know, guys are kind of on the younger end, I'm going to push the rest one aside. So, talent-wise, I really do think that it's somewhat close. Again, 
you know, Golden State has the clear-cut Hall of Famers and some of the best players truly of all time, especially at their positions. You know, there's an argument Steph Curry is already top 10, and, you know, there's that argument, which I'm hoping that he can't catch LeBron with rings in this exact series. I think the coaching matchup is going to be fantastic. You know, two guys that really kind of showed an immense level of success early on in their head coaching careers, clearly. So I think this really comes down to one thing and and one main thing only. And that's if Boston can actually play to their highest level of potential and not let things slip away, make boneheaded passes, easy turnovers. We've seen it from Jalen Brown so often. And not not just Jalen, but he's had some legitimately, you know, kind of unexpected ball handling turnovers and things like that. If Boston can, you know, really do that, I think it's a great series. I think it could go six or seven. And, you know, for that, and because I've been high on them since April now, I would probably take them in seven. I don't think there's a question of who the better team is. That'd probably be the Warriors. But the best team does not necessarily always win the NBA championship. And it's a series that I'm just really excited for, thinking about how much talent there is, especially on the wing. I think that Golden State has more options. I like what Boston can do inside with a guy like Robert Williams or Al Horford. I think they're going to have to trust some guys a little bit deeper into their bench, like Peyton Pritchard. I don't think I saw him play tonight, I don't believe. You know, so maybe I'm, I'm just saying it because I'm so excited, but I, I really do think that it could be a memorable NBA Finals that goes six or seven games. I'm absolutely with you on that notion of six or seven games in the NBA Finals this year, Nick. And what it comes down to for me is Boston going to live up to their capabilities, like you mentioned. You've got two bona fide all stars in Jalen and Jason. You have one of the better two way players, I'm going to say it, in the league right now, in Marcus Smart. He has been lights out from downtown all throughout these playoffs. They don't win that series against the Milwaukee Bucks without Marcus Smart's shooting ability. Derek White came up big in Game 6 against the Miami Heat. Is he going to show himself against the Warriors? Al Horford, kind of been streaky as of late. He needs to be a defensive presence for Boston against a guy that's going to be chippy like Draymond Green. Can he be just as much of a presence And a force in the paint that Draymond we know is going to be. He's going to give every ounce of himself. So Al Horford has to be the same level on the other side. And I know we both have been rooting for Boston all throughout these playoffs. Myself mainly to defeat the Milwaukee Bucks. That was the ultimate goal for me. And I kind of had a hard time in the Easter Conference Finals, deciding who I wanted to win because I do love Jimmy so much in Miami. But there is something about this Boston team that is lovable, and I think it's because of their youth and ability to shoot the lights out, similar to a team like the Warriors, but with guys that don't have that big-name recognition like a Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. And I genuinely believe this series is going to come down to who is hot night in and night out from downtown. Because we've seen what the Warriors are not able to do when Klay Thompson is cold. 
He has been cold at points throughout these playoffs. And if he does not live up to his shooting capability, I think it's going to be rough for the three-time NBA champs. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like that, um, you know, kind of that view talking about what they actually have to do to win. And I'm going to go off and agree with you a little bit. I'm going to add Grant Williams and a lot on Al Horford. I think that if, you know, you can't expect him to play like he did in some of those games against Milwaukee. But if he shows that level of aggression and, and execution on offense and is able to kind of be a force in that middle paint area, you see, you know, kind of how much Robert Williams will play as well. That'll be an interesting matchup with Kevon Looney, Milwaukee's own. But I'm really excited. And, and you know, it's a matchup that obviously I don't think either of us really dislikes either team. It's not either of our favorite teams. I think it's going to be one that's just really enjoyable as basketball fans to sit back and watch you know it's not like a storied rivalry it's not lacking in star power and I'm gonna stick with it I think I like your point of these younger guys with maybe not facing this that much in the playoffs and being a little bit newer to it they, they had experience in the Eastern Conference Finals they've clearly learned from that I'm going to say that if Marcus Smart performs like he did tonight, and we both really like Marcus Smart, we've been loyal with that for a long time, there is something unique about the Celtics team, how they gel and how they turn things around back in January and February. I'm going to say what was initially a slight underdog early in the day and now somewhat of a sizable one, I'm going to say Boston wins the NBA championship in seven games. Nick, I absolutely love your prediction. Two championships in 14 years for the men up in the East Coast, the Boston Celtics. That is your prediction, and I know you're going to stick to your guns in that respect. I love how you mention a man that we both love in Marcus Smart. I have been high on him since his days at Oklahoma State, and... He has truly been one of the most consistent players on that team throughout these playoffs. And what it comes down to for both sides, I will break it down on either end. The catalyst for both teams for them to succeed in the NBA Finals. Can Jalen Brown be as consistent as he has been in the Eastern Conference Finals? Translate that to the NBA Finals. We know Jason Tatum's going for 25 every night. We know Marcus Smart is going to get at least 15 points and play lockdown defense. But can Jalen Brown be the second option offensively that he has been against a stout defensive team in the Warriors? He needs to be there for the Boston Celtics. And then on the other side of things, I did touch on Clay earlier. He has to be able to shoot the ball the way he has on the big stage in the past. And also... Jordan Poole, can he get those breakaway drives to the bucket and lay that thing down? That is going to be the most important factor for me in both of these teams succeeding. Who do I want to win? I would absolutely love to see the Boston Celtics hoist the Larry O'Brien at the end of this thing. But I truly know what that man Steph Curry is capable of. He will not come away with a loss 
in these NBA Finals. He's going to add that fourth ring to his hand. And Steve Kerr goes down as one of the greatest coaches in the history of the league. It will be his fourth championship as a coach. His ninth overall because he's got five as a player between the Bulls and Spurs. And that is my prediction. I think it goes six games as opposed to Knicks seven. And folks, you know darn well we will be recapping these games as the weeks go along. But you won't hear from us probably until next Monday. So hopefully two games into the NBA Finals at that point. And I just want to say to our loyal listeners, I am over the moon to be back on the airwaves alongside my brother. And we've got a long run ahead of us. The NBA Finals are going for the next couple weeks. And the beautiful game of football is right around the corner. And myself and my brother Nick... We'll be covering the beloved Chicago Bears all season long. So stay tuned. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. It feels incredible to be back in person recording a show. I genuinely couldn't do this without you. It's great to be back, brother. And cheers to to what we've got coming along as well. Absolutely, Nick. We've got a long, fun summer ahead of us. So folks, please make sure you're subscribing to the new feed for the Juice Time Podcast because this is its own entity as opposed to how we were recording back in the fall. That feed was corrupted somehow and we could not retrieve it. So we need all of you to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and stay tuned with us all summer long. We appreciate you. And as always, Juice Up! Bear down forever.